I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. Okay, we're going to talk about four key elements needed for successful intercession um, that will cause us to have more prayer fruit. John 15, 7 through 8 says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so will you be my disciples. So again, we're talking about four elements needed for successful intercession or how can we receive more prayer fruit? And I'm going to give you four of them. The very first thing needed for successful intercession is vision. Now, vision can come from two sources. Number one, vision and prayer can come from the rhema word of God. And we're going to talk about some scriptures in a little while. The rhema word of God. Here's an example. The Bible says in Acts, you will be saved and your household. Now there's a vision for you to continue in prayer and to continue to intercede and pray for your family, even though they all look like they're on the wrong path, on the wrong road. The Bible says in the Word of God, without a vision, the people perish. When you have clear vision, it gives you a clear purpose of how to pray and what to pray. So you can take that one scripture and you can say, that's my vision. My vision is that every single one of my brothers, my sisters, my aunts, my uncles, and all their children be saved. You, so you can get a vision from the Word of God or the rhema Word of God. Or you can receive vision from an inward revelation. An inward revelation. What's an inward revelation? An inward revelation uh, has something to do with the Holy Spirit himself imparting into your spirit a picture or a knowing or a dream or a vision of how something is going to look when it is eventually birthed as a result of your prayers and your intercessions. I'm going to give you an example. I have an, a rhema word and I have an inward revelation about the East Coast of the United States of America. I received a rhema word for the East Coast of the United States of America around 1981. And what God said concerning the East Coast of America he said, this land, it's taken out of, out of, out of, out of the word of God, Ezekiel 36. It, it, and it said that this land that's desolate, and he was specifically speaking as a rhema word about the East Coast. He said, this land that is desolate, he said, is going to become like the Garden of Eden. And the, he, go, he went on to say that 
people don't want to come to the East Coast. They think it's too hard here. People are too hard. And back in the early 80s, it was hard. There were no pastors here. There wasn't a lot of ministry here. Some of the greatest men of God in that day and in, in that hour, young ministers like Kenneth Copeland and Charles Capps, they, they would say, we're not going to the East Coast. The people are too hard there. We don't want to come. But God showed me in 1981, he said, he said, they don't want to come. He said, but that land that's desolate is going to become like the Garden of Eden. And I didn't even know that specifically New, New Jersey was the Garden State. But I saw in my spirit the East Coast just blooming and blossoming. And I saw in my spirit a great revival coming to the East Coast. Not only did I have a rhema word that said that, but I also saw it by an inner witness. So that's vision. And when you have vision for something, you don't quit. You don't give up. Because that vision on the inside of you is more real than anything you see on the outside. And it just causes you to keep running the race. It causes you to keep pressing into God. It causes you to keep doing what you're doing. So vision is very important when it comes to bearing fruit in the prayer of intercession. The Bible says, Jesus said in Luke 18, 1, men ought to always pray and not faint. One of the greatest weapons of the enemy against prayer, praying people is discouragement. And I've seen it in the day and in the hour that we live in right now that many strong intercessors, they've gotten weary and well-doing. The Bible says don't grow weary and well-doing because after a while you will reap a harvest if you faint and if you what? Don't give up. But many of the people in this day and in this hour who've been laboring fervently in prayer for the East Coast of the United States, many of them have been growing weary. They're not seeing prayer fruit and discouragement has set in. That's why we need to awaken them and speak the word of God and say, yes, our prayers do avail much. Yes, prayer does open up the door for God to work. As a matter of fact, things sometimes get a whole lot worse before they get a whole lot better, and that's generally when people quit. But you know what I do when things start getting worse? I just take my heels and I dig them in and I say to myself, I'm not stopping. That's why Jesus said, don't faint if you don't see visible results. Listen, live by what you see with the eyes of your spirit. That's why God said to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, what do you see? It was winter. It was cold. It was dark. It was oppressive. And what did Jeremiah say? He said, I see something growing. You know what I see growing on the east coast of the United States of America? I see a revival growing, and I see a move of God coming to the east coast of the United States. What do you see in your nation? What do you see in your region? Shut your mind off. Get into the word of God. What does God want to say to you about your nation? Find out what he wants to say. Impart that vision into your heart. And what will happen is it will become more real to you than anything you see on the outside. Discouragement is the beginning of the loss of vision. 
As a matter of fact, I have a new book coming out next year called Focus, Overcoming Distractions for Enhanced Spiritual Vision. And one of the greatest distractions, especially when it comes to prayer, is discouragement. If the devil can get us discouraged and get our eyes off of the prize, our eyes off of the vision, he can get us weary and he can get us to quit. But we are not of them that draw back. There is an army that God is raising up, an army of intercessors that are rising up and we're going to take our place in prayer. Do you know what I see for you? I see like the dry bones like Ezekiel talked about. And I see a lot of you who've been praying and interceding and, and, and you've grown weary and you're laying there and you're dry. Your prayer life is dry and, and you're dry and some things are broken down in your life. And I speak to you in the name of Jesus and God is breathing on you. And I see that great army rising up and standing up on the, her feet. In order for God to do what he desires to do, men and women have to pray first. Prayer always precedes any revival and any move of God. That's why if he could get to the praying people, he could stop the plan of God. He could stop the birthing process of what God wants to do. He could stop the revival. That's why it's very important that God breathes on you. Fresh oil and fresh life. And imparts to you uh, an even greater vision for prayer. So one of the key ingredients for successful intercession or specifically prayer fruit is vision. It says here in Habakkuk 2, 1 through 3, I will stand on my watch. What did he say? He said, I'm going to stand on my watch. I'm not giving up. I'm not fainting. I'm going to go stand on my watch. I'm called to be an intercessor. I'm called to work a work for the, by the hand and grace of God, and I'm going to go and I'm going to stand on my watch. Well, what if you have, what if your prayer life is dry? Well, go stand on your watch anyway. You can't be moved by what you feel. You can't be moved by what you see. You have to walk by faith and not by sight. This revival that we saw in early uh, 1981, now, right now, it's 2015. The other day I wrote 2016. Half the time I don't know what year it is. But I could clearly say that we live in 2015. That vision was imparted to the body of Christ 1981. The vision's tarrying. But I'm waiting for it. Because I know, I know for certain, beyond any shadow of a doubt, that that vision is going to speak. It's going to come to pass. God does not impart vision into you and purpose into you and a plan into you to torture you or to lie to you. The Bible says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he not spoken it? Will he make it good? He'll make it good, especially when he has a remnant that are saying, yes, I'm going to stand on my watch. Yes, I'm going to do what you've called me to do. Yes, I'm going to do it when even nobody sees me. Because prayer intercession is done in the secret place. And the, the interesting thing about intercession is it is in the secret place. It's done where nobody can see. And there's no showing off in the secret place. You can look like a wreck in the secret place of prayer and, and nobody's going to see you. Right? It doesn't matter. 
But oftentimes we pray and we stand in the gap. We do all these things. And then let's say we prayed for our, our leader, our ministry leader. And then the ministry leader gets up and he just flows in the Holy Ghost. Well, who gets all the outward acclimates? Is that the word? It would be the ministry leader. But obviously, if we're people of true humility, we understand that unless the Lord builds a house, we labor in vain. And that it's not us anyway. It's God working through us. But generally speaking, it's because somebody prayed for that leader or prayed for that meeting, or prayed for that revival. So behind every move of God, there are praying, dedicated people. And I believe that God is raising his, 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 interce his intercessors up, that they're standing upright on their feet, that they're getting ready to do a new thing in, in the place of prayer, and that's what's going to help usher in this great move of God that God desires to pour out on the earth. The Bible says the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Amen. I believe that. Amen. I have faith for revival. I have Whatever you have faith for, that's your prayer assignment. You should write that down. Whatever you have faith for, that's your prayer assignment. Are you listening? And God has given you the faith, that's your prayer assignment. I know beyond any shadow of a doubt that revival is coming to the United States of America. I know beyond any shadow of a doubt that, that God's dream will be accomplished in, the, in our nation, and I believe in your nation as well, as you take a hold of this word and as you're doers of it. So Habakkuk said, I will stand on my watch and set myself on the rampart. I, I can't even get away from it, and I keep feeling this in my heart. He said, I'm going to stand on my watch. Get back on your watch. Some of you have laid aside that mantle of prayer, and God is calling you back to get back on your watch. You are watchmen. God has set you and put you into this earth for a purpose. If your primary purpose is to be an intercessor, I believe that is the greatest purpose that can be given to man, is to be an intercessor on the behalf of the dream and the vision of God. So get back on your watch. Hmm. I'm going to pray for you right now. Yaseya Manaya Aseya Manaya Aheshu Manika Masaya. I will hasten my word to perform it. I release into you right now a fresh wave of the spirit of grace and supplication. Father, anoint those that are hearing, the watchmen that have laid aside and put down their mantle. Anoint them with fresh vision in the name of Jesus. May they come back to being those watchmen, back to being those intercessors, and lay aside all the things that have been a distraction to them. Father, I release that anointing. There it is, receive it. Spiritual things are transferable. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for anointing them with fresh oil. See, this is how I feel about it, and this is what's rising up in me. I will not settle for S than anything else but God's best for my family, my nation, my city. And you have to have that kind of determination, that kind of unction, that kind of zeal in prayer and in your walk with God. Do at times you get discouraged? Of course we all get discouraged. But you know what the beauty of being an intercessor is? 
If you've been an intercessor for people year after year after year, when you get discouraged, God will raise up somebody to pray for you. Because whatever you sow, you reap. So if you've planted a lot of intercession, God will raise up somebody to sow and to plant intercession for you. I've had times, many times, where I've been in prayer and intercession, and I prayed for people from all over the world. Prayed for people in Romania and other parts of the country. Margie, do you know them? I don't know them, but God knows them. Are you listening? Yes. He sees your need, and he sees the needs of humanity. But one day we'll meet them all in heaven. I believe when we all stand before God, those of us that have been the remnant praying people, one day we'll stand before God, and we're going to see all the lives we affected in the place of prayer. We don't see what we're doing in prayer. That's why it requires faith. We don't see what we're doing. We don't even know who we're praying about. But in the, in, when we get to heaven, we're going to see how our prayers availed much. The Bible says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Not a little bit, about, it says, much. Are you listening? So I believe when we all stand before God, we're not only going to see the lies we affected, I believe that the Bible says that when we pray, our works will follow us, and our Father will say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You were faithful in the secret place of prayer. You didn't think I was watching you when you were praying? My Father who sees in secret, he will reward you openly. Come on in and enter into the rewards I have for you. You can't see him, but he's watching us pray. So let's go on. So he said, I will stand on my watch and I will set myself on the rampart and I'm going to watch to see what he will say to me. You ever just get like that with God sometime and go, Lord, what do you want to say? Lord, what do you want me to hear? Lord, what do you want to do? Lord, what, what is it? Lord, impart to me whatever you want. What do you want, God? It's all about God. It's not about us. The Bible says I am crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives. It's Christ who lives in me. The life we now live in the flesh, we live by one thing, by the faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. So, Lord, what do you want? It's not what I want. It's not what I will. What does he want? It's called laying up treasure in heaven, setting our affections on things above, not on things of this earth. That's why we can't grow weary in well-doing. We will reap a harvest if we don't faint and if we don't give up. And I am not going to be one of those people that draws back, and I'm not going to be one of those people that faints. I don't care what it looks like. We're going to press into God, and we're going to move on. Listen, the Bible says we live and move and have our being in him. Jesus said, I would that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That's his desire. That's what should be living and moving on the inside of us, and that's the kind of vision we should have, that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Do you know that there were revivals in the early days where whole cities were completely, completely hit with a move of God, and the Holy Spirit fell, and whole cities were changed, and bars were closed down, theaters were closed down, and churches were packed? It's a result of prayer. God said, this land that's desolate, he said, it's going to become like the Garden of Eden. And he said, and Ezekiel goes on to say, and the reason it's going to happen is because the ground is tilled. 
And he said, and the cities are going to be filled with flocks of men. And what he said to me was, he said, straight up, he said, instead of the ch churches having empty seats, they're going to be overflowing because of the move of God I desire to send on the earth. So he said, and what I will answer when I am corrected. The Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Make it plain on the tablets that he may run who reads it. Now, New Testament, the law is not written in tablets made with hands. It's written on our hearts. Lord, create in us a clean heart. Renew a right spirit. Write a new vision on our hearts. Take the finger of God, the fire of your love, and engrave in our hearts a brand new vision for what you desire to do in our city, in our region, and in our nation. And when he does that, you're going to run. You're not going to be weary. You will run. You will not grow weary. You will run. Every day I wake up and I say, I have purpose. Why? Because I've got a vision from God. How about you? For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will definitely speak and it will not lie, though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. So, what's another key element for successful intercession or prayer fruit? Number two, desire. We have to have desire. Number one, we have to have a desire, <clears throat> first of all, to be intimate with God. The Apostle Paul said, my number one primary purpose is that I may know him, to become deeply and intimately acquainted with him, understanding and perceiving the wonders of his person. So our first and foremost, our greatest desire should be to know God intimately. And when you know him intimately, this is what I just heard in my spirit, when you know him intimately, you will know his heart. And when you know his heart, you will be moved by what you see. Number two, a desire to see people set free and saved. We need to have a desire to see people set free and saved. Jeremiah 9 once said, listen, straight up, he said, all that my head were like waters and my eyes a fountain of tears, that I may weep for the slain daughter of my people. We should be so compelled by desire, desire to see people set free, that it'll cause us just to continue in prayer <laughs> and not lose hope. Number three, a desire to see his plan, his kingdom established on the earth. Habakkuk 1.5 said, Look out among the nations and watch. There's that watch again. We're going to be talking about watching and praying. Be utterly astounded. God said, who said it? Did you say it, Margie? Did you say it? I could never possibly perceive or, or understand all the things that God has. You know, that's why the scripture says, I has not seen nor has heard nor has it even entered the heart of man with the things that God has prepared. God is such a big God. Amen. He said, be utterly astounded. I am going to work a work in your days. Yeah, but everything just looks really bad. Listen, straight up. I am going to work a work in your days that if it were told you, it would seem like a dream. I believe revival is going to hit this land, hit the United States of America, hit your region, hit your nation, that if it were told you right now, it would seem like a dream. 
I don't believe this world is going to hell. I believe that the Bible says, the Bible says, where sin abounds, grace does so much more abound. The Bible also says, the more they were persecuted, the more they grew and multiplied. And there's a lot of persecution right now against Christianity. But you know what I see in my spirit? I see us growing and I see us multiplying. I see us getting fed up with religion. I see us rising up as a, an exceeding great army. I see us rising up as the righteous. And the Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. I see Christians laying aside complacency. They get the whole psychology teaching that we've been hearing in all of our churches, and they're going to enter in, and they're going to move as, 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 as men and women who are bold as lions, and they're going to take a stand for Jesus Christ. So we have to have desire. We have to have a desire for revival and for God to manifest his presence. See, we can't do it without the presence of God. I told my daughter last night, she says, well, how are you doing about tomorrow? I said, well, <laughs> sometimes I'm like, what am I doing with my life? And I don't know if you've ever thought that, any leaders ever thought that, but sometimes we think it. What am I doing with my life? You know, is this okay? Because you, know, you get in your head. That's why you've got to be in your spirit. You've got to live and move and have your, your being out of your spirit. And I said, you know what, Jacqueline? Straight up. I said, I know that, that I was born to do this. I know that his presence will manifest and he will show up. And here we see David, or the prophet, Habakkuk, what he desired was he desired revival and he desired for God to manifest his presence. We can't do it without the presence of God. We need his anointing. We need his presence. Habakkuk 3 says, O oh Lord, I have heard your speech and was afraid. How many of you are afraid with what's going on in the world today? God isn't giving you a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. We have everything we need in this day and in this hour. The scripture goes on to say, so stir up the gift of God that's in you. We need to stir ourselves up. We don't have a spirit of fear. He said, oh Lord, revive your work. In the midst of the years, in the midst of these years, the years where the Bible says we're living in perilous times, and everything points to it. The four blood moons, it's all fulfillment of prophecy. Make it known, in wrath, remember mercy. And the Bible says God came, and his glory covered the heavens, and the earth was full of his praise, and he started showing off. And his brightness was like the light, he had rays flashing from his hand, and there his power was hidden. God wants to show off. God wants to express himself in the earth. God wants to show the world that he is the one true God, the maker of heaven and earth, the deliverer of all of our enemies. Amen. What's another key ingredient? Faith. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith. We have to exercise our faith in intercession. I'm going to quickly read you a scripture out of Romans 4, 17. Abraham, the father of faith, when he was told he was going to be the father of many nations, the Bible says that God said, I give life to the dead. And Abraham, what happened is, he started to call those things that be not 
as though they did. Who contrary to hope, in hope, believed that he would become the father of many nations according to what was spoken. God said, I'm going to do this for you. You're going to be the father of many nations. This is going to happen. And verse 19 says, do you hear this teaching in church? I don't always hear this teaching lately in church. I don't know what happened, but we need to teach more about faith. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.